and welcome to the Story Hub, a place where I share stories with you for your entertainment. So sit back, relax and pick up that cup of tea. Today I'm going to read from The Virus of Beauty, which is book one in my fantasy trilogy. Chapter one, Shattered Destiny. Wilf waited in bed until he could no longer hear his father's footsteps on the stairs of the Hong Kong apartment. If he was lucky, he could sneak out and avoid another confrontation. The shooting starter too on the back of his right hand pulsed. He scrunched his eyes. Beads of sweat collected on his forehead and trickled down his face. The pain became impossible to ignore and he cracked open his eyes. A long, trembling sigh escaped him. For the second time this week, his bedroom had transformed overnight from orderly to resembling the aftermath of a major typhoon's direct hit. He shivered from the sweat collecting on his body and the cold room. Grabbing a towel, he headed for the shower. Water coursed over him. It had to be Myra messing with his room during the night. He tried to remember what he'd done recently to upset his stepsister, but nothing unusual came to mind. He stepped out of the shower, dried and wrapped a towel around his waist. Whatever it was, he'd better find out soon and apologise. You're late, Myra said as he emerged from the steam-filled bathroom. I know. He took a deep breath. Myra? She disappeared down the stairs towards the kitchen. He padded along the landing, turned into his room and stopped. A knot tightened in his stomach. She'd done it again. His room had magically been tidied. She'd even laid out his clothes on the bed. He threw them on the floor. This was control on an unhealthy level. She had no right to enter his room, let alone clear it up. If he wanted his room to resemble a catastrophe, why should she interfere? He picked up the white shirt and dark grey pants off the floor. He hated the South Island school's uniform. Next year, he'd be free to wear whatever he wanted, the privilege of being an upperclassman. He shoved textbooks, binders and his soccer kit into a backpack. Collecting his wallet from the nightstand, he checked inside for his octopus card. Shit, it wasn't there. He picked up yesterday's cargo shorts and checked all the pockets. It wasn't possible he'd lost it so soon. His father would explode. He tore the room apart looking for the card. Bedding lay heaped on the rug and school books covered the mattress where he'd shaken each one. Gnawing the skin around his fingernails, he glanced over at the bedroom door. He needed that card. Coach would check he had it. If he didn't, he'd have to clear up after soccer practice and then he'd be late for school, which would put him in detention. Not to mention that the stupid thing was the only way to register attendance and pay for lunch and the school bus home. He repacked his backpack and ran down to the kitchen. Have you seen my octopus card? No, Myra stepped away from the fridge. You haven't. He threw his backpack under the table, grabbed a hand towel and took the stairs two at a time. Standing on the street in front of the store, he swallowed trying to ease his dry throat. There was only one place left to search, under the counter, and his father would already be at work in the basement workshop. 
It was either risk his father going ballistic or having the rest of his day ruined. With a bit of luck, his father would be busy on a call and in the middle of some kind of experimental magic. Opening the store door slowly, he grabbed the doorbell clanger with the hand towel to stop it from jingling. He guided the door closed, dulling the Hong Kong street noise until he heard the click of the lock. Tossing the towel aside, he crept into the family's gift store, trying to avoid the floorboards that creaked. He stopped at the counter and listened. No sound came from the basement. The card had to be underneath. He pulled out bags and paper. A coin bounced onto the floor. Wilf froze and waited for the creak of the workshop stairs. Nothing. He continued until the shelf was bare. The shooting starter too on the back of his hand burned. Perhaps he dropped the card. It could have fallen out of his pocket. He spun around and wove his way between the shelves and scouring the floor. The tattoo pulsed. He shoved his hand into the pocket of his pants and continued threading his way through the store's cluttered shelves of t-shirts, laughing buddhas, shot glasses and happy cats. The sinking feeling grew in his stomach as hope faded. A piercing pain shot up his arm. What the? A rumbling groan echoed around the store. He glanced towards the alcove housing the Major's crystal. His eyes widened as the mirror's surface glowed red. A loud crack pierced the air like a ball smashing through a window. He ran for the supply closet and forced his six-foot body inside. Quartz exploded across the room from the crystal centre. He felt a whoosh of air next to his ear as he slammed the door shut. He switched on the closet light and stepped backwards into brooms and mop handles that banged the back of his head. A large piece of polished quartz, still vibrating from its violent impact with the wall, reflected the shock in his grey eyes. Thuds echoed in the tiny room from projectiles impaling the door. He touched his ear, but seeing no blood on his fingers exhaled. That had been too close. Several seconds of silence passed before he braved stepping outside. Crystal fragments laying over the shelves and floor filled the store with colliding rainbows as sunlight hit the debris. Wolf blinked rapidly. Half-buried crystal daggers covered the closet's wooden door. All he'd done was glance in the crystal's direction. But his father would blame him for this disaster. Wilf, is that you? Reginald's shout was followed by a creaking sound from the basement stairs. Wilf bolted for the front door. His shoes crunched the broken glass. He jerked open the door and the bell gave a traitorous jingle. He shot out of the store and back into the living quarters, barging into the kitchen. What's happened? Myra asked, putting down the bread knife. He threw himself onto a chair, poured cornflakes and milk into a bowl and shoveled a spoonful into his mouth. Wilf, Myra said, her voice taking on the adult tone she'd started using two years ago when she turned 18. I take it you didn't find your card in the store? It wasn't me, he mumbled through a mouthful of cereal. But I'll be blamed. Tell him I was here having breakfast. Why am I covering for you again? she asked folding her arms and trying to look more imposing than her five-foot-two-inch height would allow. Wilf's spoon leapt from his hand and splashed into the bowl, 
at the first heavy footstep on the stairs. The faucet stopped dripping, and the clock held its next tick. The small kitchen in the Gulvery's Hong Kong apartment held its breath. The kitchen door flew open. His father stood there, shaking with rage. After a moment, Reginald thrust his hands into the pockets of his beige pants. You've shattered the Major's crystal. His lips formed a thin line on his angular face. It's been in our family for generations. Wilf half expected the green-tiled walls to be sucked in with the force of his father's inhale. Why don't you ever accuse her? He pointed at Myra. Because your stepsister has control of her magic, unlike you. His father stood over him. Besides, all the shards have your image on them. It would take magic to break it. I don't use magic. Therefore, it couldn't have been me. Wilf reached under his chair, trying to locate his backpass. I'm late for soccer practice. Soccer practice? Soccer practice? Veins stood out in Reginald's neck. I've let this foolishness go on for far too long. You're almost 16. You can't avoid magical training any longer. I told you it wasn't me. Perhaps the humidity caused it to crack. How should I know? He pushed the bowl away and reached further under the chair, trying to locate his bag. It's a magical artefact, as you pointed out. It can adapt. The small mirror on Reginald's wrist lit up and pinged. Bat's blood of all the times. I have to take this call. I forbid you to leave until I return. This isn't finished. Reginald paused at the door. He waved his hand and the ruby at the centre of his wizard's ring flashed. Wilf's soccer ball and cleats flew out of the room and down the stairs. I think you might need this. His ring flashed again and an octopus card appeared on the table. The door slammed shut behind Reginald with enough force to rattle the crockery stacked on the open shelves. Wilf clenched his fists. That won't stop me! He shouted at the closed door while shoving the card into his wallet. He's worried about you, Myra said, wriggling her fingers. The dirty dishes flew across the room and clattered into the sink. No, he isn't. He stole my card so he could take my kit. Wilf pushed his chair away and grabbed his bag. He always wants to control me. I think you're misjudging him, Myra said. You know I'm on your side, but didn't hear you supporting me. You didn't give me a chance. She pushed her short blonde hair behind her ears. Besides, you get that closed for business look on your face and stop paying attention whenever anyone mentions magic. Her soft voice produced a wave of calm in the room. He's being very patient. Well, his patience just run out, he scowled. And stop it with the damned magic. I know you're trying to use a calming spell on me. Myra shrugged as the dishes rinsed themselves and then hopped into the dishwasher. Her ice blue eyes held his. You're a wizard, whether you like it or not, regardless of what happened to your mother. He folded his arms across his chest. I don't need magic here and I never will. I'm perfectly happy in Hong Kong as a normal. He kicked the chair under the table. I'm late he said, stuffing a water bottle into his backpack's mesh pocket.
but Reginald said you were to stay. I heard him. Wilf ran down the narrow stairs to the street, slamming the front door behind him. The crystal had to shatter when he was in the store. The charms had probably worn thin, but his father wouldn't have considered that first. No, it was another excuse for his father to rant about Wilf's soccer and magic. It always was with him. Even when he'd been offered a place at the academy and a chance to play soccer in, the, in a Premier League team's youth programme in England, magic had prevented him. His father had declared it was too risky having an untrained wizard out in the world on his own and that he felt the only responsible course of action was to refuse permission. It always came back to magic ruining Wilf's life. Why couldn't he have been born to normal parents? He tightened the backpack straps and started jogging up Taiwan Street. The sweet vanilla and musk smell of the incense burner at the Hung Shing Taeus Temple wafted over him as he turned into the swirling mass of the morning rush hour on Queen's Road East. He pressed forward by dodging and weaving his way through any narrow gap he could find in the crowd, as if he were dribbling a ball around plastic practice cones. The jostling throng of business people in their smart suits, together with the shop workers pouring out of the packed double-decker buses, would have made a snail complain about the pace of forward momentum along the street. Wilf hunched his shoulders and cut between two women. The air, thick enough to taste, was the usual blend of pollution, dust, drains, humidity and moulding vegetation. But at this time of the day, it also carried the sweet smell of baked goods, congee and chow mein. The lights at the Hopewell Centre crossing changed. Wolf charged across the road and managed to whirl around a tattooed, muscular man struggling with his heavily laden wooden trolley. You're late, Enzo said, leaning against the bamboo scaffolding and closing the sidewalk. Another couple of minutes and I'd have left. His friend had inherited his Italian father's dark curly hair and olive skin, but his almond-shaped hazel eyes came from his Chinese mother. Wilf hadn't inherited any of his mother's Chinese characteristics. He was his father's double, an all-Anglo-Saxon mixture of dark hair and grey eyes. Tell me something I don't know. I'm lucky to be here at all. Your old man at you again? Wilf nodded and cut hard to his left around a group of tourists blocking the street. In heavily accented English, the guide explained the history and architectural value of the blue house with its wrought iron balconies, old-style wooden staircases and no flushing water. Wilf stormed forward with Enzo flanking his right wing. Tunnel or dragon? Wilf asked, pausing at the end of the street. Dragon! We should pay our respects for the luck we had in last night's match, Enzo said, heading down Morrison Hill to the giant golden dragon that guarded the entrance to Causeway Bay. Its feng shui purpose was to make people feel happy and safe. That wasn't luck, it was pure skill, Wolf reached over to stroke the dragon's nose. A bicycle kick goal from that angle, pure wizardry. Enzo turned to watch a group of chattering girls walk past. Wolf gasped as his tattoo tingled. He glanced quickly at his friend and then followed his gaze. Ah, the beautiful Emma. 
You know she'll never acknowledge your existence, don't you? I can dream, Enzo said. Waste of time. Come on, coach is going to bench us for the rest of the season if we're late again. He might bench me, but never his superstar player, Enzo said, punching Wolf on the arm. You're full of it, Wolf said, crossing at the lights under the busy flyover. Race you, Enzo shouted, flying past him. Hey, Wolf yelled, drew level and then overtook his friend. He charged into the Hong Kong football club with Enzo at his heels. Coach stood with the clipboard in his hand as they entered the locker room. Good of you two to join us this morning. Wilf and Enzo waved their octopus cards at Coach. Sorry, Coach, Wilf said, pulling his practice strip out of his bag. Oh no, I've left my cleats at home. He wasn't about to admit that his father had confiscated them. Look through the lost and found for a pair, Coach said. Then give me five laps of the field to help you remember next time. Wilf dug through the box and unearthed a sorry-looking old pair. He filled the toes with tissue to stop them rubbing up and down on his heels. Then he headed past the stands, holding a group of giggling girls. Great goal last night, Wilf, several of the girls shouted. Uh, thanks, he said and grinned. His smile disappeared as he noticed Amy glaring at him. It had been a month since they'd broken up, and she was still stalking him. He tripped over the edge of the ramp. You're going to do some serious damage in those clown cleats, Enzo said, jogging ahead. This could be my big chance. Wilf prayed the cleats would stay on his feet, especially during girl practice. He'd no wish to knock out the goalie. He ran out onto the field to start his laps. The rest of the team were doing warm-up sprints through the the rows of practice cones. The argument with his father kept filtering through his thoughts, even as he lined up balls to take a few practice shots at the girl. His father needed to accept that he was never going into the family business. Wilf! The goalie's voice drifted away and a silence engulfed him. A small cloud of dust floated across the pitch in his direction. It swirled and shimmered around him. His father's voice contained a note of sorrow as it whispered in Wilf's head. I'm sorry. I hope you'll understand. It's for your own protection. Small flashes of heat and power zapped him. His father's large, ornate ring appeared on Wilf's right ring finger, spun round three times and shrunk to fit. The cloud rose above him in a plume, a rift opened in the sky as his father's essence ascended and then it closed with a green flash. You all right? the goalie asked. You look kind of weird. Wilf stared at the red, glowing ruby at the centre of the wizard ring. His father had evaporated. Died. That wasn't possible. He charged across the pitch towards the exit. Where the hell do you think you're going? coach yelled. If you leave now, Wilf Gilvery, you're not playing in the championship. Wilf was already through the gate. I hope you enjoyed this reading of Chapter 1, Shattered Destiny. If you'd like to know more about the virus of beauty or any of my other stories, please visit cblyle.com. I look forward to welcoming you again here at the Story Hub. Until then, goodbye for now.